What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, there is a lot to discuss today. There are a lot of moves to announce, a lot of moves to break down. I, I don't, well, I mean, I think we knew that we were going to have a bit of a barrage because, you know, this December 1st soft deadline is coming up. And we've talked about how the CBA is going to expire in a few days. I guess this is what we. This is what we were anticipating. Lots of guys signed yesterday. A lot of, or I would say agreed to contracts yesterday. Free agents are flying off the board. Some guys are getting extensions, big names at that. So let's jump right into it. Let's see if we can keep up with everything. So I'm just going to, I mean, in, in no particular order. So the Marlins agreed to an extension with Sandy Alcantara yesterday. So... It was a five-year, $56 million extension. And Sandy Alcantara is 26 years old, you know. He's actually been in extension talks with the Marlins for months, dating back to July, when reports of these negotiations negotiations first surfaced. But, um, I mean, they finally got a deal done. And... This extension is actually going to be a record for a pitcher with between three and four years of MLB service time. And it's a good chunk of change. Five years, $56 million. You know, that's, you know, it's, what's that? $11.2 million a year. So Sandy Alcantara was acquired from the Cardinals alongside Zach Gallen in a 2017 trade that sent Marcel Ozuna to St. Louis. He's steadily improved over the course of his four seasons in Miami. He's always been a hard-throwing sinker specialist, but his strikeout and walk rates early in his career were pretty pedestrian. But in 2019, this dude racked up 197 innings, and he was an innings eater. Not really a star, but he was an innings eater. But fast forward to 2021, this dude has looked a lot more like a building block than just a back-of-the-rotation innings eater. I mean, this past season, he was fourth in MLB with 205 and two-thirds innings thrown. He averaged 98.1 miles an hour on his heater, and he had posted career-best marks in strikeout rate, walk out, sorry, walk rate, and ground ball rate. And all those rates were way better than league average, by the way, so... Yeah, I mean, 319 ERA. All, all that put together gives you a 319 ERA. You know, so his peripheral stats support his strong ERA numbers. Good stuff for Sandy Alcantara. He gets he gets he gets a good 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 chunk of change cuz he was he was set up for his first trip through the arbitration process this winter. You know, he was set to make 4 and a half million dollars projected by some estimates. And he would have been arbitration eligible twice more, which means he would have gotten more raises. But, you know, this deal is going to buy out two arbitration seasons. And, yeah, and depending on how bullishly you think his raises would have been, it, it's going to buy out, you know, quite a bit of – oh, sorry, it's going to give him quite a bit of money above what he, he could have gotten, honestly. Um so yeah, and, and then some some two two of those free agent campaigns. So great stuff. Great stuff for both sides. But you know, the Marlins have a bunch of young arms. You know, they they really do. They they just had 
2021 NL Rookie of the Year runner-up Trevor Rogers had a good season. Now they have, obviously, uh, Alcantara. Sixto Sanchez was injured last year, but he's going to be back next year. That's also a piece of news I saw. He's going to be back. Uh, a bunch of prospects close to the MLB. Max Meyer, Edward Cabrera, guys like that. The Marlins have a pretty nice young core that they're putting together here. Um, their rebuild is almost coming to an end, as crazy as that sounds. But, you know, you'll see as, as we talk about some of these teams, you know, I've, I've talked a lot about the Detroit Tigers, how their rebuild is is over now. They're looking to move on to the next step. You know, you have other teams who are going to take that next step too. And that moves me on to the next topic, and that's going to be the Texas Rangers. So the Texas Rangers have decided they want to compete. And they made two big signings yesterday. So they signed Marcus Semyon and John Gray. So Marcus Semyon becomes the first big shortstop off the market this offseason. He gets a seven-year, $175 million contract. That's a pretty good chunk of change, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, Marcus Semyon is 31 years old, and he just got a seven-year deal. That's $25 million a year for seven years. That is a phenomenal deal for him. The Texas Rangers got their guy. They, they got their guy. I mean, this is a, a, a stellar bat and obviously a good glove apparently too because he just won a gold glove. I mean, Marcus Semyon just had you know the best year of his career. He bet on himself in the last offseason. He didn't get the deal he was looking for. Took a one-year deal with Toronto and has a career year, and, and now he's, he's signing for way more than anyone expected. I mean, at the beginning of this offseason, he was projected, you know, by by some outlets to make around six years, $138, $140 million. He just got seven years, $175. I mean, that's that's awesome. I mean, yes, this dude's 31 years old, but he has been a very durable player throughout his career. I mean, he plays 162 games. He, you know, he's not he's not necessarily as much of a decline risk as other players his age. But yeah, the Rangers have just given him the biggest contract of any free agent up to this point this winter. I mean, obviously, there's going to be more on the way. But now, with Semyon getting $175 million, that's going to drive up the asking price for Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Trevor Story, Javi Baez. All these guys you know, are going to see their prices skyrocket. So I'm sure they're very thankful for seeing this from Marcus Semyon. They're not all going to sign for more than Semyon. I mean, only Correa and Seager are sure to sign for more money than this. But, I mean, Story and, and Baez will also get get a good amount of money or, or a good bit more than was initially estimated. A rising tide lifts all boats. That's that's what we're going to see here. We're, we're going to see that. You know, the market has, has been propped up by this deal. So there have also been some reports that the Rangers might actually still get one of those other shortstops. Um, ESPN's Jeff Passan is reporting that Trevor Story is still under consideration by the Texas Rangers. So theoretically, there's a scenario that exists where Trevor Story signs to play shortstop and Semyon plays second base for the Rangers. I mean, that's 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 crazy. I mean, right? Because the Rangers, no no one really had them making these these. I mean, yeah, some people said maybe they make a big move or two, but if they get two. Of those shortstops, you know, to play the middle infield, that would be a huge boost to their team. And it's a team that just, you know, opened up a new ballpark. You know, 
they're ready to to move on, move out of the doldrums and start competing again. They have some money to spend, and they're going to do it. They're doing it, as we can see. So, I mean, even if they don't add another shortstop, Semyon might still remain at second base because Isaiah kind of Falefa, he's you know the incumbent shortstop. I mean, he's a fine defensive shortstop of his own right. And, I mean, this guy will be a defensive standout anywhere he plays around the infield, but Texas could put him, or kind of Falefa, at second or third base and put Semyon back at shortstop. But they have a lot of versatility here, a lot of flexibility. But for Semyon, what you're really buying is his bat. That's what you're getting with this dude. I mean, 45 home runs last year. He played in all 162 games. Led the league with 724 play appearances. Had a silver slugger, a gold glove. I mean, this dude was was a beast. Was a beast. And obviously, the Rangers are very familiar with Semyon from when he played with athletics. So he returns to the AL West as the veteran face of a new era of Texas Rangers baseball. You know, the Rangers have had five straight losing seasons, and you know they're ready to to move off of that. They're ready to start winning again. But obviously, turning a 102 loss team like the Rangers into a contender it's not going to happen overnight even if they do spend a lot of money but as you can see the AL West is going to be pretty competitive in 2022 it's going to be more competitive than it was last year for sure so I mean it, it, it always takes just like one signing like this to signify that a team is ready to com- contend I mean we saw this with the Nationals in December 2010 they signed Jason Worth we saw it with the Blue Jays Hunjin Ryu two off seasons ago. They're like, okay, all of a sudden these guys just signed a big free agent. It's like, yeah, now we are ready to contend. And then you see that team become a postseason become a postseason team, a playoff team. So we'll see what direction the Texas Rangers go, but that's what they did yesterday with Semyon. And then to build off of that, they went out and got some pitching. Another notable free agent signing. They went out and agreed to a deal with right hander John Gray. So it's $56 million over four years for John Gray. That's going to be good for $14 million a year. And, yeah, I mean, they're ready, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, the Rangers, they they emerged as a suitor for Gray a few days ago. And then, you know, other teams were interested. They beat out their division rival, the Angels, as well as the Tigers and Mets, as teams who are, you know, who had been known to have interest in the 30-year-old right-handed starter so yeah I mean apparently the Rockies made an extension offer a three-year extension to uh Gray at the end of the season and it's three years about 35 to 40 million in value I mean yeah I mean Gray ends up getting some more security four years 56 million dollars here I mean this is a guy who was a third overall pick in the 2013 draft he spent his entire MLB career with Coors Field as his home ballpark. So, I mean, that's that's tough for a pitcher, right? That's going to be tough. So, he has a career 4-5-4 ERA in home games. And, and that's what happens when you pitch at Coors Field. I mean, he also has a 4-6-5 ERA on the road. However, a lot of players have actually talked about how, how playing in Denver's thin air, a it, like, it, it impacts your adjustments throughout the entire season because you're used to pitching at home, and then when you go on the road, you, you know, bouncing back between cores in the road, it, it makes for a tough season. That's what a lot, of, a lot of players have said. So it just could be that getting out of course field entirely might allow John Gray to 
unlock a new level of performance. Of course, that's just a hypothesis. We don't really know if that's going to happen. But, I mean, let's say he is a 4.5 ERA pitcher. I mean, that's 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 still something that the Rangers could use. You know, an established 4.5 ERA pitcher. Let's say that's his ceiling. You know, at worst, he's a 4.5 ERA guy. That's something the Rangers could use because he immediately becomes the most experienced arm of a Rangers rotation that features a bunch of young guys. You know, Dane Dunning, uh, Taylor Hearn, Spencer Howard, AJ Lexi, Glenn Otto. A lot of guys we don't we never really heard of their names before last year. Um, but John Gray will definitely be right into that, you know, right in the mix at the front of that rotation. So, yeah, that is that is what happened. So the Rangers, you know, they, they got Marcus Semien, they got John Gray, and then on I guess on a on a smaller note, they went out and got Cole Calhoun as well yesterday. Um, nobody's really, you know. Go crazy about that one, but hey, they're they're making deals. Ladies and gentlemen, we have way more to go, but we will continue. The Blue Jays agreed to a deal with Kevin Gosman yesterday. Five years, $110 million. So Gosman, you know, there had been reports that he would he would agree to a deal yesterday, and he did. He did. I mean, this dude was stellar for the San Francisco Giants. He's coming off a year where he took the qualifying offer to return to San Francisco, which is $18.9 million. Now he's back on the free agent market, gets a really nice deal, five years, $110 million, going to the Toronto Blue Jays. So, yeah, I mean, over two years in San Francisco, Gosman not only bounced back from his tough 2019, but he just leveled up. He became a new pitcher. He he hit a new plateau of success. I mean, he posted a three-flat ERA as a giant over two years, an excellent 30% strikeout rate, and a above average, solidly above average, six and a half percent walk rate. And yeah, I mean, this this guy was really good. He was really good and well deserved. All the money he's getting, five years, one hundred ten million dollars. It's gonna be good for twenty two million dollars a year. So good stuff. He's going. He's gonna turn thirty one in January, but he joins Jose Barrios, Hunjin Ryu. And Alec Manoa, these four guys are locks in the Blue Jays rotation. And then a former top prospect, Nate Pearson, is favoring at the fifth spot. That's a very strong pitching staff up there in Toronto. That's a very strong pitching staff. Something to keep an eye on. The Blue Jays are going to be coming. They're going to be coming. They're going to be looking really good. And I don't know. Something tells me they're not quite done. I feel like they will They will make another move or two this offseason. But that's just my hunch. That's my guess. In other news, the Twins have agreed to a contract extension with their outfielder, star outfielder Byron Buxton. It's seven years worth $100 million. So this is an interesting one because we all know Buxton is, is a beast. This guy is, is worth, you know, he's an MVP level player when he's healthy. However, we all know he's never healthy. That's why you're seeing this deal come in. I mean, this is someone who could command easily you know, 200 250 million dollars if he was actually like a healthy kind of player like not yeah like like an av like a, like a 30 million dollar player 30 million dollar a year but he's not going to get that obviously because the best ability is availability so this this gives both sides you know i think this works out great for both sides it gives buxton some security um you know he, he locks in a guaranteed 100 million dollars and he's he's doing it at the cost at the cost of six free agent seasons but he needs some security because this guy has had so many injuries at this point he needs to cash in secure his future if for some reason he stays healthy maybe he can work out 
a deal later or an extension or whatever, get some more money later, get free agency later, but he needs to lock this in now. The Minnesota Twins get to know that, okay, yeah, we don't have to commit too much money to Buxton, but if he's healthy, we're getting a bargain deal for him. And even if he's not, it's not the worst thing in the world. He turns 28 in December, and he was entering his final year of team control, but, you know, he's someone who who really was in MVP conversations last year at the beginning of the season, but he just got hurt. I mean, he has played just 493 games in seven seasons. His season high was 140 in 2017, but his next highest were only 92 and 87. And it's 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 not looking good as far as just the ability to stay on the field. But, you know, his, his, his hit, he's also just improved a lot. You know, when Buxton first came up, he was very raw and all the potential in the world but he was very raw. It just never really clicked. It's only in the past few years that he's really started coming to his own and we're seeing everything finally click. And we saw it last year, especially at the beginning of the last year. Last year, he only had 254 plate appearances, but he had 306 with 19 homers, stole nine bases and 10 opportunities. And he was worth 4.2 fan graphs war, even though he only played in 61 games. That is insane. I mean, he put up trout numbers. For the, for the short time that he was on the field. But, you know, like I said, he's got to stay on the field. That's why he's only signing for this amount. But I think it's good for both sides because both sides get what they need. Seven years, $100 million for Byron Buxton. The Marlins surprised some people yesterday. They, they agreed to a four-year deal with free agent Avi Sayil Garcia. It's four years, $53 million. They needed some power. Now, apparently, that's what they were looking for. They needed some power. Avi Sayil Garcia has a little bit of that. You know, he's, he's turned 31 next June, but he posted a 115 weight runs created plus in 135 games for the Brewers this year. Outfielder, a little bit of a power bat. He's going to be in the everyday lineup, so Obviously, Garcia gets paid a lot because he was he's getting paid a lot here. He was projected or predicted to make three years $36 million. Now he's getting four years $53 million. That's That's a solid chunk of change, ladies and gentlemen. That is, that is a solid chunk of change right there. But good for him. The Marlins get, get something they need. You know, we know that the Marlins were in on Starling Marte, but they lost out on those sweepstakes. Now they go and get Avisal Garcia. It's just a bat. That's really what they're getting. This year, he ranked 73rd percentile for average exit velo, 98th for maximum exit velo. He simply hits the ball very hard. I mean, he had 29 home runs this past year, a career best. And he's got an 80th percentile sprint speed. So he has this blend of power and athleticism. So good for the Mons getting their big bat to join the lineup. And the Rays are signing Corey Kluber. It's a one-year deal, $8 million contract, plus incentives. You know, With incentives, it could go as high as $13 million, but it's one year, $8 million guaranteed. The starting pitching market has been moving extremely fast. This entire market has been moving fast, but Corey Kluber is now off the board as well. The Tampa Bay Rays get him. And this is the second consecutive one-year deal for Kluber. He was signed by the Yankees um, you know, in January, and, you know, he threw a no-hitter this past year. You know, we know he was limited by injuries. Before these injuries, we know he, he was one of the best pitchers in all of baseball for, you know, like a five-year stretch there. But 
obviously he's not the same pitcher he was. You know, the Rays know how to take, uh, you know, starters, veteran starters, give them short-term deals and, and, and make something of them. We've seen them do it. You know, we saw them with do it with, you know, Rich Hill last year. You know, they brought back Chris Archer, Michael Waka, you know, who's, who's decently successful. Now they're bringing Corey Kluber, who has a lot of potential to be good. So one year, $8 million for the Tampa Bay Rays and Corey Kluber. So there are more rumors. I mean, this hot stove is blazing hot, but I'm not even going to get into rumors because, you know, with, with the rate that we're going, uh, you know, things are happening so quickly. Um, those are the, the big deals that happened yesterday. There were still a few more, but I'm just going to stop it right there. Those are the major hits from yesterday. There will surely be more today. There's a big one, a big one that, or two big ones, we're hearing some rumors about potentially a Max Scherzer deal, potentially a Corey Seager deal, but we'll have that with you. I'm sorry, we'll have that for you if it does happen. So that's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.